Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Taco Crew podcast. We are on episode 32 and thank you all so much for tuning in. You can catch us on most podcast platforms, so like Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. And we are also on YouTube. Just search us up at the Otaku Crew. And if you are listening to us on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. And if you catch any of our other videos, please leave us a like and comment on our videos. We would love to hear from you and we'll greatly appreciate your support. Uh, we are also on Twitch where we stream games, so please come join us there. I will provide all the links in the description. So allow me to introduce my panelists today. I have Andrew from the Otaku Comedy Show. What's up, Andrew? Hey, how's it going? Nice to be here. Yep, thanks for coming in. Next, we have uh, Neo from Babel Talk Podcast. What's up? Yo, what's up, everybody? All right, short introduction. I like that. <laughs> Lastly, we have Are from Anime Plus Podcast. What's up, Are? Yo, what's going on, guys? Appreciate you guys inviting me to be out here. Oh, man, we love having you guys. We love collaborating with you. We've collaborated with you guys before, but this is the first time we have uh, this set of group coming together to talk anime. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today's episode is about the Netflix One Piece live action adaptation. So we're going to be discussing about that. Uh, let me give a brief synopsis on the show One Piece. So One Piece is about a young lad named Monkey D. Luffy who once dreams of becoming king of the pirates and to obtain the greatest treasure left behind by Goldie Roger, the One Piece. To be to obtain the One Piece and become King of the Pirates, he goes out to recruit some very interesting people for his crew. So that's Nami, Usopp, Sanji, and Zoro. I think that's good enough for uh, synopsis, right, guys? I think everybody yeah. just puts it in. Yeah, so, I um, just forgot Usopp. Oh, I thought I mentioned Usopp. I heard Usopp. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm just going crazy. No problem. That's good. You're keeping me on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this is Netflix. Uh, uh, another attempt for a live action adaptation of an anime to live action. So let me ask you guys this. Uh, what are your first thoughts, impressions about the show? Like who here even watched like One Piece, the anime? So for me, for Neo from the Battle Talk crew, for me, comparing it to the sh the anime, I like the direction of what how they did it, um, how they met everybody, everything. They brought it a lot quicker than I remember in the first few episodes of One Piece. But my overall score of just the introduction of this new live action of One Piece, I give it a good 9 out of 10. Oh, wow. You're coming already with the score. All right. I was going to save that for later, but no problem. So very positive. There's more to it than just, you know, we also talk about storyline and character development and more oh, yeah. things. Just the introduction of just starting out, comparing it to the anime and other live action. But we'll get into that a little bit later. All right. Perfect. Who, who else wants to uh, talk about their first thoughts? I was going to say that I'm a diehard manga reader. Like, I'm up to date and everything. One Piece is the, like, the like it's like a religion at this point I, I fully believe it's a cult that i am part of <laughs> uh the live action i felt it nailed the spirit of one piece 
Uh, I think they did a really good job at uh, giving the feel of One Piece, what it's about to like new people. I do have problems with the show as a show, but as a One Piece adaptation, I think they nailed it. I'm going to keep my scores for later. All right, that's good, man. So again, positively around with you too, and you are diehard uh, One Piece fan, so you are probably the expert here, unless someone here can outdo you on that. <laughs> what about you, Array? <laughs> Yeah, honestly, when it comes to One Piece, I'm a pretty big D rider for One Piece. Um, I've been following it for pretty much forever. And when I heard that they're getting a live action, you know, you know, there's a bad rap on live actions and whatnot. But mm. to be honest, it was pretty good. I mean, considering what our past live rea- uh, live actions have done, it's it's solid. So I'll give it a good score too. Um, I guess I'll save it for later too. All right, perfect. I love it, guys. So yeah. Uh... My experience, okay, so I am familiar with One Piece. I don't watch it, though. But seeing as I went into this Netflix uh, adaptation, this is my first, like, exposure to actually watching One Piece, the show, right? I would agree with Andrew that it did capture the spirit of One Piece and all the characters. Like, there are times where it gets silly, but there are times where it gets serious, and there are so much heartfelt moments that you just love and appreciate and just fall in love with the characters and the storylines and like it's so great it's a great show it's it's fun um, i mean there's no, there it's not meant for everybody yeah i'll say that you know like i say it, it's anime it gets a bit weird and silly sometimes but man as a showman this really did surprise me and i'm i'm surprised that uh netflix was able to nail this adaptation i mean of all the of all the animes this is the one they actually nailed so that's very like great for netflix but let me ask you guys this why do you think this adaptation of one piece succeeded where cowboy bebop failed so you remember this isn't netflix first time adapting an anime to live action they've done it in the past before with cowboy bebop but with cowboy bebop it wasn't that well received from the fans so again why do you think that one piece succeeded here whereas cowboy bebop failed oh i think i know the answer to this one. Oh yeah go ahead you can jump in yeah, so so I watched Cowboy Bebop's live action, and there were moments of it that were great. The problem, I think, of the live action was that the tone was off because some they were taking a more serious approach for certain characters, and then other characters are very campy, uh, almost like a children cartoon style or like more anime-like, and it, it kind of clashed. Whereas with One Piece, because of how the series is, it could be very silly and very serious, you're, you have to walk a really tight rope in order to pull it off. And the showrunner is like a hardcore One Piece fan. So because he wanted the spirit to be good, there was no conflicting tone of the show overall. So then audiences could just enjoy the single tone. Whereas for Cowboy Bebop, it's like, oh, this is really serious. And his daughter's dying. And oh my God. And then this other character is doing this weird evil laugh anime style. And, and there was a disconnect. Hmm, interesting. Okay, yeah, I can definitely see that. What about you? What about you? Uh, you uh, what about you guys? I would say I have I watched the anime. I haven't seen the live action. When I saw the live action, I didn't. It didn't really stand out to me for me to actually to actually take the time to watch it. Looking at a few images, comparing like the characters and whatnot, I don't know. Based just going off imagery, I don't know if they picked the best people to act for these characters well i mean um, for for just, sorry to interrupt you cowboy bebop you yeah. had john cho he's a well-known actor he's been in other stuff and 
I guess just him alone was not enough to carry that show out, and yeah, it is it is an upset, I guess. Yeah. But you're saying you never you never watched the live action Cowboy Bebop? No, just the anime. Okay. And I'm just going off like what I said. Was there something yeah. that didn't draw you into watching a live action? Like, was there something off about it? I've seen like other live actions that they didn't like do as well for for me to like. I've seen like Bleach live action just a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't that great. I like the how they I I like the idea of what they were trying to do, but for me personally, I didn't like it, so I stopped watching it after I think like two episodes in. I don't know. It didn't really scream Cowboy Bebop to me when I was looking at it on like line. I just kept passing it because it didn't really speak to me. Okay. Okay. Um, like, so then, if Cowboy, if 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 Cowboy Bebop didn't speak to you, where it could draw you into watch a live action, what made you draw into One Piece then? Can you can you for the live for live action? Yeah. For as far as I know, Oda had a big part in it. Picking the characters, and he really had a set vision. Like this is how it's gonna be. It's not gonna be no Hollywood action stuff that these other people with the that for Netflix. Like no, I think it should go this way. Like no, it's gonna go this way. We're just not gonna do it at all. From information I was seeing online on Twitter and everything, um, he had a big part in directing the movie to. I mean, the show how it should be for the people that watch the anime and the people that read the manga. That's gonna stop and like watch and be like, yeah, this is the this is what is One Piece about, you know. And as a big One Piece fan, I love One Piece, one of my favorite anime. So I was gonna watch it regardless, but I wanted, based on so many good reviews, I was like, I have to watch it. Wow. So wow. that just all right. No, yeah. that's, that's well put, man. I like I like your uh, input on that. What about you, Ari? I guess I can say there's three reasons why it was so good. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say it's perfect, but, you know, relatively good it was for sure. Um, I guess the first reason you already hit on the head with uh, Oda oversaw it. So I feel like that's a big reason why a lot of um, people that are are, are already um, One Piece fans, they like it because it's, you know, oversaw by Oda. A lot of things that we wanted to see in the in the live action from the anime are there. Same thing with the manga. I know they swapped out a couple of scenes that were actually in the manga, but not the anime, and I thought that was pretty cool. So that's the first reason. Second reason is, um, uh, kind of like Andrew pointed out, like how everyone was um bought in. So I know a lot of the the actors were actually One Piece fans. I know Emily Rudd is a big anime fan. Um, She's a huge know... weeb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's 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 pretty cool. Like everyone was bought in. Everyone knows that like. You know, you can't act the same way that you do in Hollywood. You got to do a little bit different. And I guess the third reason is the plot for One Piece. I mean, no matter what you do with One Piece, the plot is always going to be, you know, immaculate. It's always going to be the best. So I think those three things together is probably why it's it succeeded, in my opinion. I think I, I pretty much agree with all of you. I think it's a common, like you said, all the points is a combination of everything. Uh, Oda had a very big part in creating the live action show, so he oversaw it quite a bit for sure i mean i would say it's more of a collaborative effort with him and the showrunners and, and netflix partners because if it was just him overseeing it all then it would be completely a bit different than what we got as final product so yeah oda had a big hand in it in it so that's one good thing uh unfortunately for the cowboy bebop creator he didn't have any oversight right and they let netflix kind of let them be free and play and play around you know do some like deviation here and there and i guess there's that and then 
like you said, the clash of tones. Uh, the the tone of uh, of Cowboy Bebop was like a crime noir kind of tone, but with some silliness too included. Whereas, uh, One Piece tone is pretty much uniformal. It it never shifts in tone. So yeah, there's that. The tone is just not meant for everybody. And then I think ultimately I have to say that I think the One Piece characters are just more interesting than Cowboy Bebop characters. Who gives a shit about Faye Valentine, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Especially in live action. I'm like, all right. But uh, yeah, I think I agree with you guys. It's these are some good points. So I mean, let's get so let's get more into it. Uh, so guys, uh, for the live action show, what are your pros and cons? Do you have any favorite moments, favorite arcs, favorite backstory, or favorite characters, and least favorite if you have also something that threw you off? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, can I start with the cons? Because the, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I only have three. <laughs> uh, I have three major cons that I'm hoping that they well, two major cons I hope they fix for the next season, and one con that uh, they can't. Um, the first con is I wasn't crazy about how Usopp joined the ship, uh, joined the crew. Okay. Um, the, I kind of felt like, like by the end of the episode, I was like, so why aren't you staying with your girlfriend? Like, I would stay with my girlfriend at this point. Like. Uh, he didn't really like he had a brief moment where he showed his bravery but it, it was so so brief and i don't even think luffy even saw it so i wish they um would have done that better although the actor plays it was up phenomenally so that's 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 great um my main huge complaint about the the entire show is the camera angles there's like so many face and zoom shots and there was a quite a few moments where I'm like, zoom out, just zoom, zoom. you're over Zoro's almost dead body. Zoom out. Why am I seeing your face right now? Um, it was that was my only major criticism of uh, the season, and a minor criticism I had was the ending of uh, when Garp showed up at the end to beat Luffy. Mm-hmm. And while I don't have a problem with the scene itself. I feel it removed the climax of the Arlong fight. Uh, and I would have liked it. Okay, yeah. I would have liked it if it was like saved for later. Like I kind of thought what they were gonna happen is that the last episode was gonna be a low town. So and I was like, hey, that's that's cool. If if Bug if Buggy is gonna be there, might as well throw in Garp. Uh, and we know Dragon is supposed to be there and, and Garp knows that luffy meets dragon at low town so i'm like oh okay maybe garp is gonna see him in person that's why he knows and uh it didn't really happen they kind of just added it in the last episode when i feel like they could have just not included it by the way i should probably mention this is a spoiler review so for everyone listening in we're gonna go into some heavy details about the show uh i uh i kind of agree with you yeah uh you saw his backstory and that entire arc that episode three four i think it's the what's it called the black cat pirate arc it's probably the weakest episodes of the episodes of the show i can't like, like you make a good point like he had this he had this like uh love uh infatuation with the girl and then at one point the girl's like no nah, you belong with the crew that's where you should go i'll be all fine i'll be fine here and everything and i'm like when you put it that way i'm like yeah why did he join the crew like in the end he could have just Chill. I think it's because she wanted him to actually go out and experience those crazy stories he'd always tell her, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get what you're saying. 
Does that make sense to you, Andrew, or would no, you disagree? I, I, honestly, actually, no, I, I am doubling down on that, which I actually agree with that even more so. The problem with that is I kind of feel like he's now traveling for her instead of traveling for himself. Mm, okay, okay, fair enough. Which is, a, which is a bit of a departure from, which, if actually, if that's the intention of the showrunner, and like four seasons later, we realize that Usopp's goal of being a brave warrior to see, which he said, is so that he could hook up with her again, then I'd be like, that's an interesting choice. Um, <laughs> at least you set it up. So he's, so he's playing the long game, the long con game. Uh, yeah, he's, maybe, he's such a suave guy. <laughs> Oda does it all the time. Might as well include the showrunner in that in there too. Uh. Okay, that's interesting. And so, yeah, I agree. I felt like the showdown, the last episode, the fight with Arlong, that should have been like the, at least the, near the end of the episode. If anything, I think the fight with the Admiral Garp and Luffy should have been before the Arlong fight. And if you think about it, that fight between them was kind of silly. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't fit correctly with me. Honestly, my my theory is that the showrunner wanted to introduce Haki early, because in the series itself, it's introduced super late, and it and it almost feels like a retcon, which Loki probably is. <laughs> and I think the for a TV show audiences, if they feel like there's this giant retcon in the middle of a twelve season show, they're gonna be like, "What is going on?" So I think. Maybe they included it for that, but yeah, I don't think it was needed. They, they could have cut that whole thing, and it still would have worked. So Although I did like the fact that uh, Kobe gave Luffy the um, his wanted poster at the end. Like that was a nice uh, addition that the live action did, and you kind of needed that scene for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting theory you put out there. That maybe they they were they are trying to introduce hockey, but like to be honest, I don't know how you go from there. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, what about the, what about you other guys like? Um, for me, I liked the scene that I like is the the first episode. Which is the first thing you see, you see Go Roger, mm. and then in in the stands you see a lot of familiar faces, and that got me very excited to see what the show is going to be about. Because you see Hawkeye, you see you see Nami, you see you see a lot of familiar faces. I'm like, okay, I know this guy, I know this guy, I know this woman, I know this woman. Okay, cool. Something one part I didn't like, uh, one kind I didn't like was I like Toby, but I felt that he wasn't very scared enough, if that makes sense. Well, what do you mean by um, that? Can you like when he with Velveeta, I think that's her name. I think he he was like he was like he's scared, but he's like, if the right person told me to tell her to shut up, I tell her to shut up, you know. So he's, he's more in, obedient, in, is that what you mean? Like he's yeah, not showing any yeah. spine? Like from what I remember in the anime, it was like more like, oh, don't say, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. He said he was quiet, but at some points he like, he spoke up just a little bit because he saw Luffy right there. But I don't know. He didn't, he didn't seem as much timid as I thought he would be. Which is okay. fine, you know. Okay. All characters are a little bit different, but so, so I thought saying, he'd be a little bit more timid. So you're saying it's not a it's not a true uh, transfer of character from anime to live action. You're, there's like different yeah. personality traits are off. But yeah, I mean that little, that could be a, a, a that could be a difference in the in like creativity on what they wanted the character to be like. Yeah. Yeah. 
don't know. Um, I, I I don't know. I didn't know much about Kobe, of course, because I didn't watch. I didn't uh, read the book <laughs> or, or watch the anime. But uh, yeah, he seems like a guy who. Well, to be honest, he seems like a guy who doesn't want to get into trouble. Also, he's like, yo, I'm just trying to follow yeah. the rules. But Luffy tells him, like, man, forget the rules, man. Do what you want. Follow your dream. Like, yeah, yeah. that's it. You know. Uh, what else I liked was how you how each character was introduced. I like. It's kind of like more of a graphic thing, but I like the little One Piece logo they did for each character. Oh, I did you know, appreciate that. That was pretty yes. nice. I thought that was pretty nice. Um, the overall theme of the first few episodes of introducing each character and then like the way it was introduced and then they gave the backstory, it made more sense. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I like that too. What about you, Ari? So... My first pro, I guess, was they really stuck to the core material when it came to uh, some of the most iconic scenes, just to name a couple. Um, the Mihawk fight, uh, a lot of the same exact quotes. And even when they pulled up to uh, Arlong Park, um, it, it was pretty sick because it was literally like scene by scene, frame by frame, what it was like in the anime. Mm. I, I just rewatched it just to like look at it, like how the anime was, because obviously I don't remember. I watched it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And it was really the same thing they had the frame by frame by frame where they showed like i believe it was luffy sanji and zoro and they had the same thing in the show okay so you liked it that it was frame by frame and everything was pretty much copied to the t with of course the core ideas in place and everything right but at the same time Mm -hmm. uh, i guess my biggest cons would be like i don't think luffy ever met garp again until like way later in alabasta which isn't like which isn't for like a bit from where they are you know what i mean I feel like they just kind of um reconstructed that i don't know why they had to do that but i don't know i i just kind of i mean as as a one piece diehard obviously i want everything to be exactly the same it still wasn't bad but just me and I... yeah yeah sorry i actually disagree with that um not to like get super uh confrontational right away but oh, no 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 it's um, a good debate i want us to debate also on this is actually my beef with the anime which is the anime cuts content that the manga has um and in the east blue we do see garp meet kobe train kobe bring him under his wing that does happen in the in the earliest parts we just don't know garp is his grandfather although if you read the prequel story fans knew that um, but you're right, later it's introduced that uh, Garp is Luffy's grandfather, and that happens much later to everyone's surprise. So one piece of live action kind of like sp- sped up that process. Yeah. But Well, remember, remember guys, of... remember, sorry to cut you, remember, this is a yeah. Netflix adaptation show, and the first season is only a few couple of episodes, right? It's like eight episodes or so, so they have to cram quite a bit into that one season too. So like, as much as we say that Oda Sensei has like a lot of hand in this uh in this show, I think what Netflix and the creative show wonders want to do is kind of like follow the spirit of One Piece, but kind of do it in their own way, if that makes any sense. But anyway, continue. I was just gonna say that like I do think they were following it quite well, with like minor differences being like Luffy confronts Garp, um, and that uh the whole hockey thing that I mentioned, the whole thing that which was cut, but mm-hmm. the whole the, the 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 side plot of Garp taking Kobe under his wing is following the story. It wasn't uh, it wasn't added for the show. That that was my whole point. 
Uh, is there any other parts of the show that you guys liked or didn't like? Do you guys have a favorite character? Can I marry Emily Rudd? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, wait, do you want to marry the actress? Like, wait, do you want to marry the actress or her character in the show? Yes. So both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I would say, what did you think... I don't remember that much that happened in the first few episodes of One Piece when it came to Luffy keeps saying, I'm going to be king of the pirates. He does say it a lot, but do you think in the live action he said it too many times um, than normal? Or or I'm just mistaken that he did say it that many times starting out um, on his journey to the Grand Line? Um, uh, I mean, every time he encountered a new character, he would always tell them, hey, by the way, I want to be king of the pirates, just so you know. Like... There was never a dull moment where he didn't have to announce it for sure, and uh, yeah, I'd say it. it uh, he did say quite a, quite a bit of times than expected, but it kind of makes sense because that kind of created the drama behind the show. Because whenever someone hears that, they get curious and then they start confronting Luffy or you know, start like causing shit up. Because let's be honest, uh, for the treasure, One Piece, right? Everyone's after it. And so once he announces that I'm going to find the One Piece and I'm going to be king of the pirates and everyone's looking at him, they're like, oh, yeah? Okay, let's see let's see what you're going to do, kid. And then, like, you know, then it causes it causes the storyline and drama to move forward from there. So it's kind of like a staple point, I guess, at this point. Okay, okay. What did you guys think of Arlong himself? So we were just talking about him. what do you think of him as a character or do you think he played being a fishman very well like the whole thing they were standing on i do like the actor who plays arlong i don't know what his name is but uh of course it's a black guy because you could just tell the way he, uh, his <laughs> voice is and man after man arlong is such a cool bad guy man the way he dresses like all all, all suave I even have locks for some reason. you sorry what I thought he would have um locks like dreadlocks, but he just had wavy no, hair. No, no, but he he had he had like like he had like what was it? He had like a coat coats and jackets on with a sh- with shirtless. But like the the costume behind this show is very interesting because you know that this play takes place like in the 18th century where like pirates were like roaming around historically wise, and mm-hmm. then at the same time you have some modern technology like neon lights electricity and stuff like that so it's very interesting but that's uh, actually funny sorry sorry andrew i was just gonna say that like in the one piece universe it's unclear if they have tech uh, technology uh, electricity so that was actually well, the first question that was asked to oda like Does, can we put electricity in here and he's like oh okay that's weird okay yeah sure so that was like one of the well, first i don't know I, I don't know i don't know to. how in the uh in the anime is maybe the you guys don't pay attention but maybe there are like modern technologies that's already embedded into the world i mean you got freaking snail tele, tele- telepathic communication that does that i was like what the heck and when i saw that i was like what the heck is this man and that that really surprised me it was so so like funny silly and goofy but like those who are into it will probably have uh, have uh, enjoyed it and loved it but those who are not into it that's probably their, that's probably their turning point they would have stopped the show right then and there but yeah personally i wouldn't have included the snails because the kind of the goal of the snails is to be like hey we don't have the electricity so we found these snails that communicate with one another and we use them as phones notice Whereas, notice uh, how no one says anything about it they just take it as like 
face value as truth. Like, oh, we have these nails that just communicate with other people, so we're gonna use them. Like, there's no backstory for the nail, those nails, like how they came to be and how they can do those tele telepathic communications. It's 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 funny. <laughs> so maybe quick they... question for you guys. Yeah, sorry, go on. In the in the in the online park, right? Uh, we seen a lot of the fishmen, right? But it was one right. fishman we didn't see. And that's the one with the forearm, the octopus looking guy. Do you know why he wasn't in the show? Do you CGI. know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's, it would have been a budget issue. This video is sponsored by NordVPN. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. It's a tool that encrypts your internet traffic and hides your IP and virtual location. You might be asking yourself, why do I need this? Well, you like watching anime, right? Or shopping online? Or browsing the internet using the public Wi-Fi? But are you aware of the digital snooper? It can be anyone such as your internet provider peeking at your internet activities, or a cyber criminal attempting to steal your credit card info, or a hacker near you trying to steal your sensitive data. This is where NordVPN comes in. It makes your internet activity private, protects you from accessing dangerous websites, and lets you enjoy your favorite anime content securely and remotely. NordVPN also allows you to overcome internet censorship. All your traffic is routed through a remote server, so you can access websites that are restricted in your country. If you want to watch anime that is only available in Japan and not in your country, then use NordVPN to connect to Japan's server. It's that easy. NordVPN is available on most devices. You can also download NordVPN from the App Store. Use our link to download NordVPN. Get started today to protect yourself. They cut out a lot of characters. Um, there were two guys, I can't remember their names, um, that I think Luffy and Zoro saved earlier. Um, they weren't in there. Um, I think his name was Hachan. Is that his name? Andrew, you might know. Hachan is the uh, octopus guy. Yeah. Okay, the, your the two bounty hunters you're referring to is Johnny and some ah oh, fuck I'm forgetting that man is so inconsequential. <laughs> yeah, but those guys weren't anywhere. So I felt like they cut out a couple of characters, which is fine. I mean, they're they're kind of like NPC characters to be honest. Maybe not the yeah. octopus guy, but the other guys. Do you guys think it's? Me uh, I have a question. Then do you guys so, do you guys think it's yeah. hard to adapt those silly characters into live action? Maybe is that why, or do you think it's really a budget CGI issue? I'm not sure because we got to think about down the road as many seasons come in. We got to think about Chopper. You know how they're gonna put him in there. You know, is he gonna be actual reindeer or is he gonna be a little kid dressed up as a reindeer? Or maybe not even do that at all. It's a good question. I don't know. Like I can tell that they were pretty conservative with the budget on this first yeah. season adaptation, but with the success of it, maybe they can uh try to uh up the budget, of course, and try um experimenting with other uh yeah. characters and CGI, of course. Yeah, it's possible. We got to think about Brooke as well, and Frankie. You know, I'm trying to figure out how they're gonna play. How they gonna input those characters down the line well i mean that's the thing about one piece like what from what we know very down the line it gets even more silly and drastic and then you're just thinking like how are they going to adapt this when you know it's going to it's going to up the ante and get even more like silly and crazy and whatnot so like um, i don't know I, I could see i could see them trying to like 
tiptoe on what they will try to adapt, what they won't. Like, like maybe whatever you guys are expect to see in the future, in the future arcs, maybe it might not come to live action. Yeah, I feel you on that. I got a question. One a side question. Um, do you remember when Shank lost his arm, right? In the live action, right? Yeah. I was hoping for some type of effect, you know, like his eye like shimmers or something. It. We or did like, see it. His eye kind of blue. It? it turned blue? No, not blue, but it it, it, oh. it was glowing. Like I saw an effect on his eye. I ain't see that. I probably gotta go back because I was I was looking dead at it and I really I was hoping for something. Um, uh, because you know Mihawk, you know his eyes are yellow, you know, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I thought it would be similar to really show that okay, it's gonna be hockey in this world and whatnot. But um, I probably gotta go back to that episode and see. So to Andrew, is was Zach Shanks showing his power, his hockey, at that moment when he lost his arm? <laughs> You know, I'm pulling a blank, but I believe there was a small little thing to indicate. I think it was the uh, Sea King whose eye kind of got scared or something. Like I, the show did show hockey, so I'm I'm confident that they would have shown it. So I just don't remember. I did. Right I now. remember did seeing his eye glowing, and then the monster got kind of like he had. He also had an, uh, an effect on his eye, and he kind of got scared and just like because I forgot. I, I think Shanks. Shanks even said. Go away! Like he gave him like a command, and then the monster's like, "Okay, I'm out." So, was that is was that uh our 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 first uh brief experience with hockey at that moment? Yeah, did Luffy go back to fight that monster before he so sailed off into the sea? No, he didn't. didn't. No, we never saw another fight with that oh. monster. Damn. I thought he did. He that. does though. He and does now. Right, but that that happens much later on. I'm not gonna go into spoiler territory, but like, there's like a Luffy flashback later, and then when we flash back to the forward, we see him fight the same okay. sea monster. Um, but that happens like in the manga, like at chapter 500. I was actually surprised that they didn't include it. That uh, I guess they really want to start off with the him in the barrel scene, and but I was just surprised they didn't show it because he does leave his island by punching that monster. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I thought... It might show up still in later seasons. You never know. Okay. What about you, Ere? You've been very quiet. Do you have anything else you want to say? Do you have, like, a favorite backstory, maybe, of the characters? Yeah, so I I only watched the anime, and then when I caught up to the anime, I started reading the manga. But I do know of one time, one instance, where in the live action, they reverted to the the manga versus the anime. So um, it was Sanji's backstory. So I do know in the anime what happens is um, like uh, his leg gets cut off by an anchor and that's how he saves Sanji. But in the manga and also in the live action, Zeph eats his own leg. And I thought that was pretty cool that they brought the manga back there. Um, I guess there's certain parts of the manga that I didn't know that Andrew kind of pointed out where, uh, for example, we're talking about uh, Kobe's backstory and how he was there kind of. Um, and that wasn't in, in the anime. At least... Not that I can remember, but uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool how they um, attributed a lot of different things that were in the manga um, to the live action and not just directly from the anime. I thought that was um, really nice of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think my favorite backstory is definitely Sanji's backstory because it's it's sad and tragic, man. Like, first of all, you're thinking like, oh, that must be his father, right? The chef 
and Sanji, but in the end, it's not really the case. He's just a pirate, just came aboard to his ship and tried to loot him, but then their ship gets uh, shipwrecked, you know, by the tide or whatever, and then they end up on a stranded island. And then there's like, what's it called? There's the food bags, right? So the the chef pirate gives him the smaller bag and he keeps the bigger one. And Sanji's like, well, what the heck, man? Why do you get the big uh, bag? He's like, well, I'm bigger, man. I need to eat more, right? He's like, oh, okay. And as days go by, days go by, Sanji's eating his food slowly, slowly, but eventually he does run out of food, right? And then he's like, shit, I'm about, I'm about to die, man. If I don't eat something, I'm about to die. And he's like, yo, I'm going to go steal that other chef's uh, food supply. So he goes to him. He finds his bag. He cuts it open. He's like, I want the food. And then you realize it's just treasure. And then Sanji's like so confused. Like, what the heck? Like, you didn't eat any food? Where's your food? Like, how, how are you alive? And then that's when you look and you see that the guy's leg is gone. And Sanji's like, what the hell, man? You ate your own leg to survive? The chef pirate's like, yeah, man. He's like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you give, why would you give your all of your food to me? And then the chef's looking at him and he's crying. He's like, man, because at this point we don't even know what Sanji's dream is, right? But his dream is to like find like, uh, what's it called, the old blue, the best ingredients to uh, uh that the world has to offer. And then this chef pirate was doing the same thing. He was out in the sea to look for the old blue, and then the chef was like, you know, my dream is to find the old blue, and. I want I want you to have that dream because it's my dream. Like I want you to carry on for me and everything. I was like, my God, that got me, man. It really pulled the, all the strings in my heart. <laughs> yeah, did it hit for you guys? It hit. I me was hard. gonna ask that because there was a few. Maybe it's because I was uh, um, like hypercritical while watching it, and I'll, and okay, I, I will. I was a little, never mind. I didn't need to tone it down. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say like I was watching it, and I was just like. I don't know. I was I wasn't sure if it hit. So I, I, there was a moment where I was questioning. Where I was like, "Is like I liked it. It wasn't bad by any means. That's for sure." But I was like, "Will it lead to people crying?" That was my question, and I wasn't sure. I think those who are like uh, emotional and sensitive, they yeah, they, I think that would have made them cry, or at least, at least tear up, misty eyes, for sure. I would say that it did hit. Um, not for me necessarily, um, but I did watch it with my wife, and she doesn't watch One Piece at all. She doesn't watch anime, but not One Piece. And I, know, I looked over to see her reaction to that scene, and she was she was tearing up. So uh, I would say it hit to her at least, um, and really? I would say probably mm-hmm. other people too. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, it's great. No, I think they pulled it off with the emotional uh, depth behind that scene. It was really good. And I think the next best story, uh, backstory for me was probably Nami's. Like, that too was pretty uh, emotional in a way. So yeah, I mean that's the thing. These characters have so much like depth and levels to them. Like you, you just you relate to them, right? You feel for them, and that's why that kind of draws you in more into the show, and you want to see more of their adventures and journeys and carry on like that. Um, I have to, I have to admit though, my favorite supporting characters that I like is definitely uh, Buggy the Clown. He was freaking fantastic, <laughs> man. He's so hilarious. I was like, I need to see more of this clown. And then the other character that surprised me was uh, Dracoon Mihawk, uh, the guy, the the he's supposedly known as the best swordsman in the in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it. So Zoro's like, I hey, man, I got a bone to pick with you because I'm trying to be the best swordsman in the world. And Mihawk has such like gravitas and you know suave and such confidence, and the way he walks and perceives himself, like. He was he was a treat too, man. Especially when you see him like first introduction when him taking out like the other pirate and the other ships. I was like, my goodness, 
I think that was also a sign of hockey, right? When Mihawk is splits the ship in two or something like that, or is that just anime yeah. powers in general? Yes. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> it could be both, honestly. Oh. Uh, all right. All I right. did have a minor beef. I just want to bring this up tangentially. I did have a minor issue with how they handled the uh, the walk on Arlong Park. Like there was a. Between episode seven and eight, there's like it goes from a night scene to a day scene. And maybe if you're not watching every episode in a row, you don't really notice it. But when I'm watching it like back to back, I was like, Tanami runs away. She's running, she's running, she's running. Then she finally collapses at one point. I thought she was collapsing because she could see things, but she just collapses, which is okay. It's not the end of the world. And then they see the village on fire. And then the next day they go. And I was like, why didn't I know they didn't want to keep it at night, but like, what? It's like she's stabbing herself, like, let's wait six hours. Like, what? Like, I mean, that could be an editing issue or like a logistical error. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> nobody, I, I think, I think your hyper criticism kind of like kind of made you like kind of like double think, you know, like, like you couldn't enjoy True. the show as much, maybe, but uh, I, True. I, I, I. You know, to be honest, for me, it's like it didn't matter so much. You know, like in the it end, okay, in the end, know. it got it resolved the next day, for sure. But like, I thought you were gonna point out that maybe the CGI in the day was weird with the fish people and everything. And I'm like, oh yeah, it makes sense because night at night time, the CGI you don't have to put too much work into it because it's, you're trying to portray nighttime, and so like you don't see that much in the dark. But yeah, yeah. I I have to say the one minor thing, mm -hmm. negative thing I could say about the show is I was kind of hoping. That the season would end would end with them arriving to the Grand Line, but they're not even there yet. All they've done this season so far is fight a couple of bad guys and just recruit the crew. Yeah, mind you, it's good though. I I, I appreciate it, but like I was you kind know, of you know, I was kind of hoping we would we would reach the Grand Line because that's all they kept talking about in the in the so called throughout the show. Oh, by the way, Grand apparently the Grand Line, the map they find to the Grand Line, that's where they're supposedly to. Supposedly supposed to supp uh, find the uh, One Piece, if I understand it correctly. Yeah, the One Piece yeah. is supposed to be on the ground line. Okay. Uh, I I was actually thinking that was the same thing too. I was like, oh, they didn't do Lockdown. That why they should have gotten to Lockdown. But uh, I kind of understand why they didn't do it, which is uh, in in Lockdown, Dragon uh, does say something, which is the like premise of the sh show essentially. Everything we just saw in season one is the prologue, and <laughs> so the show hasn't really started yet. Yeah. Um, and there's a sentence that Dragon says at one point to like really like okay, we're no longer in the prologue anymore. So I think they're saving that for season two, so that this way we could be like, hey, everything you saw before is prologue. Now we're starting. So if they were to end it with that, I think that's the decision they made. They're like, hey, let's start the season with that instead of ending the season. Interesting. Okay, so let's go into the segue then. So what do you guys expect to see in season two and beyond? I think I heard an announcement where they said they plan to do six seasons and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's very ambitious. No, let's see. Let's see if you get to there. Sorry, uh, sorry, uh, Neil, what'd you say? Uh, I thought it was six to eight seasons, but I might be wrong. Uh, well, I mean, they, they have plans to do it long term. Yeah, at least beyond six seasons for sure or something like that. So like... <laughs> Uh, what are your what are your uh, what are your guys' uh, future predictions for the next season? Oh, at least season two. Like, what do you think? What will happen? Well, for me, in the last episode, you see someone 
burning a cigarette through his wanted poster. I'm guessing that's Smoker. I hope it is Smoker. But I want to see how does his devil fruit power work in the in the live action. I want to see that for sure. During they travels to the Grand Line, you see a whale. I want to know if they're going to put him in there. Uh, you know, because I feel like, I don't know if he was a very big part in the anime, but he was a great, he, I remember him. So I feel like it will be great if they did put him in there. Um, I think that's about it so far that I can think of right off the bat. And well, him, well, what's his name? I think the girl that works with Smoker, I think Zora knows her, I believe, okay. or something like that. And I want to see how they interaction will be um, and whatnot. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you That's expect cool. you expect to see Smoker, the character we kind of saw at the very tail end of the show. Uh, yeah. Hinting, hinting, he's going to make his debut soon. So we'll see him. And then you, got, and you expect to see a whale later on. This whale has some... Very important purpose, I guess, or significance behind it. So interesting. Actually, the whale. Um, uh, I just learned this recently, which is so the whale does have purpose later for another character that will appear much, much later on. Mm -hmm. So the whale becomes very relevant, and if they don't include the whale, then they're pretty much scrapping a very big character. So I'm pretty sure they'll keep the whale. But uh, when the author was first making the whale, I later I recently learned that it's about. Uh, Having a giant whale is like a symbolism for like new beginnings in unknown territory. Mm -hmm. So apparently it's like a comment, it's a thing like that. So I think they're going to keep the whale for that to like tell the audience and the crew like, hey, you don't know what you're doing. Um, I kind of think the next season is going to be, um, they have to make it more episodes or it's going to be rushed because I don't know how they're going to, they can't skip any islands. They're all relevant places. They could probably skip some bad guys. Mm -hmm. Um. But like even like Whiskey Peak, which is a a land of bounty hunters, um, and it's not like the most relevant. It is also the time where like Zoro kicks ass, and the actor who plays Zoro kicks ass. Like they're not gonna not use the actor's skills mm -hmm. and not show him kick ass. So I kind of feel like how are they gonna do this without it being like eight episodes is not enough. I don't I don't know how they're gonna pull it off. Okay, okay. What about you, Ari? I'll jump in on that real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead, man. So for for what I know, um, they originally planned ten episodes for this one, and obviously, you know, they they only had eight out. So I'm hoping that they're gonna have ten. Obviously, we we don't know, but I agree with you, Andrew. Because not gonna lie, that part was really badass by Zoro. Uh, I know exactly what senior's talking about. I don't want to ruin it for uh, non One Piece watchers like me. But, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, honestly, man, that's that scene was hype. It's one of Zoro's, one of his best badass moments, and it's it's kind of underrated just because it's so early on. But yeah, I just kind of want to jump in and say I feel like they're they'll probably do ten episodes. Well, I mean, Andrew's yeah, hoping ten... for more than ten, unless they make it two hour each episode. That'd be something, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, I you know I is sort of doable. Doable, but, we... but that's a lot of filming to do and a lot of editing to do, also. So, so can I jump in again? Sorry, go ahead. Um, so I was doing some um background research, and um, I guess from what I heard, so they're, they're having Oda on for at least six seasons if they get that far. Um, they're planning to do 12 seasons, and then they already have the scripts written for the second season. Um, 
So you know how like the whole writer strike and whatnot, they already had the scripts done, but they just can't get to the acting part of it. Uh, but I guess they can do that now, now that the strike is basically over. For the writers, um, the strike is over, but the actors are still on strike. So yeah, they can go back to the script and polish it up or edit it, of course. Um, I think for me, though, like for the next season, season two, uh, now that we know that yeah. Luffy is a wanted uh, wanted pirate because now he has his own wanted poster, right? I think a lot of people are going to be going after him for the bounty. That's what I think most of season two will be, of course, along with what you guys are saying are also hoping for like future, uh, uh, what's it called? Future destinations, future journeys, future character moments are going to, of course, happen like with Zoro and everything. But I think there's going to be a, a definitely introduction of like new faces, like the guy we saw at the very tail end. And they're mostly going to be going after Luffy and his crew for the bounty, maybe. I think that's what it's trying. I think that's what that was trying to set up the wanted poster. Well, given season one, how they had Garp um, following them the whole time, I think it's like the show's trying to tell the audience, like, hey, our crew fights pirates, but they're also being hunted by the Marines. And I kind of feel like that's going to be a trend because, like, like yeah. you said, that at the end, they tease Smoker, and Smoker does follow the crew at, at, at multiple points. So it's like I think they're gonna maybe make this a trend in each season, where like well, it was season one was Garb, season two is gonna be Smoker, season three is gonna be another. Mar it's like they just keep mm. adding Marines to like follow the journey of the Shaw Hats. I think that um, it, it won't just be the Marines going after them. Well, I mean the bounty is more for the pirates. It's for the, more for the outlaw. I think it's the pirates that are gonna be going after going after them for the bounty. The Marines a pirate can't claim another pirate's bounty. They can? Is it only for the Marines? The bounty? Yeah, it's bounty. It's either a bounty hunter or another Marine. Oh, okay. Or I didn't citizen. know that. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of like saying, hey, I'm a wanted man. Here's another wanted man. Oh, you're arresting both of us? Oh, I didn't think of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, put a, you make a good point there. So, okay. So that means it's going to be more of the bounty hunters and Marine uh, Mariners coming after them. Um. Uh, I expect to definitely see Kobe later on. Hopefully, he's gotten uh, stronger thanks to Garp's training and everything. So we'll definitely see him in the future season. And you, do the you actor? Sorry, I was just gonna say the actor of Kobe. I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but he's much he's bigger than Luffy is, and he just acted small. And I'm so looking forward to his glow up because oh, really? it's gonna be so organic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm looking forward to that too. Um. You guys think that Smoker will be the ultimate villain of season two? Kind of how like Arlong was here. I don't know, man. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Neil. My fault. No, I was just repeating what he said. I was trying to. I was thinking about his question. That's all. You can go. I was gonna say like, I don't really think Smoker was that big of a villain in the anime. Um, but I feel like this. If if I'm gonna get the time frame correctly, I'm I'm just gonna kind of put this out there. I feel like it's gonna be, uh, Logetown. It's going to be that one part. Um, well, what's going to be Whiskey Peak and then the part after that. And then it's going to kind of set up before Alabasta, if I'm not wrong. And I feel like there's no major villain. It's kind of more of a setup season, if I had to guess. that's That would be my guess. So allow me to segue into another part of the of this part of this episode of the podcast. So knowing how everyone has received, knowing how like the show has received good reception from the audience and it's become netflix like biggest show ever because it pretty much broke all the records right it broke like wednesday record stranger things records and all that most watched show that was trending number one everywhere etc right so with the success of one piece 
Do you guys trust Netflix with the adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender? Because going back, if you remember, you guys said Oda had a great involvement with the adaptation of this live action show. And so with Avatar The Last Airbender, the creators of Avatar, Michael DiMartino and Brian Konietzko, were attached to the show and then they left due to some creative differences and whatnot. So... Again, uh, how do you guys feel about Netflix adapting the live-action uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender? It's gonna be bad. <laughs> you think it's gonna be bad? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but to be fair, One Piece has um has an advantage, which is it's also a melodrama. Like I argue that One Piece is at its best when it's not fighting. Like the fighting is like not its best parts. Mm-hmm. So I think it has a nice advantage for that whereas avatar the elements and all that cgi and it's hard to pull off and i don't know the i i think it's gonna be bad i maybe i'm thinking of the live action movie too much but i just don't see how it's gonna work well, again live action that was m night shalaman that was he's doing his own thing he had his own vision didn't work right this is netflix vision now so what i'm asking is do you guys trust netflix with this adaptation of avatar the last airbender if they want to make money, they will make it right. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. That's the uh, thing, Leo. Everyone wants to make it right and make money, but sometimes it doesn't come through, right? Nobody, 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 nobody makes like shows and movies in order for it to fail. Is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I feel that. I feel the only way I think they'll go through with the whole show if they drop a few trailers to get the people reactions. Because I'm not gonna keep, I'm not gonna keep filming and keep having people act if the trailer to people be like, yeah, this doesn't look good, you know, it doesn't, it's not really showing where it was supposed to show. Like if you compare that like idea to like Morbius, um, how it didn't do, I don't think it did so well, um, and how it had certain scenes that it should have been, but it, they cut it out and whatnot, and it, they made the trailer look good, but then when you actually see the full movie, it's not. How some people wanted it to be. So are so you? Are, that, you know, yeah, no, go on. Yeah, go on. Sorry, finish your thought. So I feel like they dropped a few trailers to and really show the direction of how it's gonna look. I think people will be like, "Yeah, we want to see the full show or the movie or whatnot." So from what I understand, you're holding reservation until you see trailer drop, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're kind of neutral. You're just like, I'm not sure until I see some footage, something at least from uh, Netflix or Avatar. Show me at least, at least a good, least a character that they did. Like I, I, I feel like they picked a very simple character and did that character very well, and then put that in the trailer, and then we see it be like, oh, it's got to be good because they made this specific character a very good. Like they took um, Zuko or something and really showed his ability of firebending or something like that. Or him and his father just to see the whole scenery and the imagery behind their thought process of how they wanted to go. Or so Uncle Iroh or whatnot. Feel like it will show like, okay, we we're gonna think when they make it, it it's gonna drop pretty hard. But if the trailer's not getting the like comments or the likes or like dislikes or whatnot, it's not getting the love that they think it would be, I don't think they would drop it. Or they show like Appa or something, and it'd be like, nah, we don't want that. I need to rethink about the main, the most important character in the show is Appa. So I need to re, I need to re go, go back to the drawing board or something. Okay. You know, 
How about you, Ira? Honestly, I don't know how they're gonna do it. Um, I don't know exactly how how Netflix adapts um different series. Like, I don't know if it's like Netflix staff that does it, or if it's like they hire individual like production companies. I don't know exactly how like they get their live action, but I'm sure they're gonna run it up. Obviously, they've seen the success of One Piece. One Piece is obviously one of the biggest franchises in the world. Avatar is very popular here in the West, mm-hmm. um, but it's not going to be as popular as One Piece is worldwide. And obviously, they're looking for worldwide. So I don't know if they'll put the same amount of budget and effort into it as they did for One Piece. So I guess we'll just have to see. But okay. I don't want to say so that you don't have a good feeling either if Netflix will be able to pull off um, this adaptation of Avatar, right? Like you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to say that's gonna suck without obviously knowing anything about it, but but it sounds like I, you're I gonna know. say it sucks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. You know, I, I I see where you guys are coming from, but to be honest, I gotta say I'm kind of more hopeful for them adapting Avatar: Last Airbender, and let me tell you why. Um. First off, it's not M. Night Shyamalan like he did the the movie. There, it's not him. This is Netflix producing it, uh, creating it, producing it, and. If you guys paid attention to all the stories related to uh, this adaptation, they got the casting of the characters on point. We have Mr. Kim from Kim's Convenience. I don't know if you guys watched that show, who's playing uh, Uncle Iroh, who is pure, brilliant casting. And they pretty much stayed true to the casting. Like, what's it called? They actually have an, uh, uh, what's it called? A, Native Amer- a Native American who's playing Katara. We actually have an Asian person who's playing uh, Zuko. So the casting has been very... Like I said... Um, the casting is... Yeah. Yeah, the casting has been... The, all... the casting is great, so it shows... And mind you, like, this it... casting happened uh, after the departure of the creators of Avatar, the animated show. Or maybe it was during two or some of it, but I'm not sure. But like I, like I said, the casting has been pretty good so far. So I'm pretty hopeful and right now netflix right now they're like one they're only one to one right one failure which is cowboy bebop and one success which is one piece and this success of one piece it's it's like pretty much fuel for them to like give them the drive to make uh, the adaptation of uh avatar the best they can it the best that it could it could be what do you guys what do you guys think mm. does this give you more hope or no i think so okay well we'll see when it comes to it anyway um, do you guys have any final thoughts before I pretty much wrap up the show? Um, okay, well, I have a question for the guys, for everybody. Please go ahead. What did you think of if you think about from comparing it to the anime, right? Everybody's a different size, different size and lengths and shapes and, and all that good stuff. We've seen the fish, we've seen the fishmen, and we've seen just the human people, right? Garp is a lot taller a little bit bigger than luffy but in the show they look roughly around close to the same size so garp just a little bit taller right what do you think about do you think when they show other characters would it be like a lot taller or not because you know luffy don't wear sandals he wears shoes because of i guess of editing issues and stuff like that do you think they're gonna make certain characters a lot taller or they're gonna find characters that are very tall for the next few seasons the thing is though in anime sorry sorry for everybody if they want to jump in but the thing is in anime you gotta know that when they draw these characters they're drawing them at such a like exaggerated sorry yeah i get what you're saying 
like, you're gonna say they're, they're, yeah that's it they're a bit exaggerated that's it i'd say they're drawing them like not realistically but what they see behind their mind so some guy could be like freaking 100 feet tall but if you try to adapt that in live action well we'll never see him on screen like he's too tall like how would we interacting with everybody so they kind of have to bring it down to earth and that's why the size in the show uh, it didn't bother me like i don't know how it bothered okay. me. i think yeah, sorry, go on, Andrew. I think in the... Yeah, I'm sorry, I was going to say that I think in manga and anime, they do it intentionally to have the villain be much bigger than the protagonist so that the protagonist has this, like, oh, I'm fighting up, I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm the underdog, I'm the smaller guy, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm the weaker one, and whereas in a live action, that doesn't work super well. That said, One Piece does have some characters where their size is important. Like, Arlong, it wasn't that important. But like in the next arc, we're gonna be introducing different species that are much bigger than humans are. <laughs> um, and I'm like, if they make them human, like the size of like Luffy, and then I'm gonna be like, you missed the point of them. They're supposed to be giants. They're supposed to be this. They're supposed to be that. Um, so um, I have faith in them. Honestly, what they did with the uh, fishmen gives me a lot of faith that I think they're gonna pull it off. And the few characters that I'm actually really worried about are like at season 12 so let's not worry about that yet all right all right no i think you made your point and like i again um don't need to worry about it that much we'll see it when it comes to uh comes on the screen if if it works it works if it doesn't then uh, at least netflix will know like hey this wasn't probably adapted to what it should have been from its source material so that's it I have a question for you guys. Do you think that given the success of the One Piece live action, which, let's face it, it we, we've complained quite a bit here, but we all seem to have really enjoyed it. But do you think it's going to get the casual audience? Because, yes, I'm sure some anime fans or people who have heard the series may have jumped on the live action because it's easier, but will it get the random Joe Schmo? Will it get your aunt and your uncle who call it the screaming shows? Like, will it get those people? I think I will. Uh, there's this one YouTuber I've been following. He's a movie pundit, and he doesn't watch any anime or stuff. Maybe he's aware of it, but doesn't watch. And so he jumped on the One Piece, and he's been enjoying it. I've been seeing his review, his reaction behind it, and he's been thoroughly enjoying it. Sometimes he has criticism here and there. You know, we all have that. But I think for the casual audience, it 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 can attack. It can catch their attention. If they open themselves up to it, of course. All right. I agree. I think a lot of people who don't really watch anime or just know will will watch it based on, you know, because people talk a lot in social media wise, but just the overall experience of the show itself, I think is great for anybody, anime, anime, anime watcher or not anime watcher. Mm. What about you, R.A.? Do you agree? Yeah, so I did like a small test case. I have this one buddy that literally hates anime. Um oh and I went yeah, that's crazy. So I went over to kind of visit him. Um and one of my other friends who's a big One Piece fan, um, we kind of forced him to watch it and he, he said it wasn't that bad. He told me he's not gonna watch the anime, obviously, but mm -hmm. he did enjoy the live action at the very least. So it's just one one test case, but I think that could be it. Maybe for the casual casual people, they won't watch the anime because that medium it it doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't call to them right. It's there. It's not interesting for them. But for a live action show, it's different. People kind of take it more serious, and so maybe that's why they're willing to give it a try. 
Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. So my last, my last question for everybody is what is your overall score from character development to the show, to the cinematography, to every, to the biography, everything? What did you, what would you score it? Well, we know what your score is. You pretty much gave it a fantastic no, I score. Said just the first, I said my first impression of like starting out, I gave it that score. I didn't give it my overall score. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, uh, okay. I'll start, I guess. Uh, I gave it an 8 on 10. Super solid show. Very fun. Um, great characters. Great storyline. Has some great uh, moments, like heartwarming moments. You feel for the characters. It gets emotional. Like, it's a cool adventure. It's a cool adventure show, you know? Like, give it a shot. You guys will like it. If you're willing to open up to a bit of silliness, of course. Okay, okay. What about you guys? Uh, I honestly... Oh, sorry. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I gave it a uh, 7, 7.5 out of 10. I know it seems lower than you would think. Um, I just think it was... the captured the spirit, and it was a good show. It was, it was fun. But the camera angles was really bothering me. And as a TV show goes, like that was like if I was watching any other show, that would have bothered me way more. Mm. So um, I'm hoping that the season two fixes that because then that score would go up accordingly because I think they nailed so much of it. And it was just that oh, was true. Damn I, camera angles. I forgot to, I forgot, like, the, I forgot to ask. The music behind the show is pretty good, too. Eh? I enjoyed it. Oh, that was great. And they took some, uh, the, some tunes from the original show and then embedded into the, uh, well, sorry, took some tunes from the anime and embedded into this show. Yeah, I forgot to mention yeah. that. But yeah, the music was great. The score is phenomenal. Sorry, go on. I agree with the music, what you were saying. I was in my point out that the music is fantastic. All right, cool. And last but least, Ari with his score. I'm going to give it like uh, a solid 8.23. Just because, first of all, it's 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 pretty good. You know, I enjoyed it. Obviously, I want it to be like, it's One Piece. You know, the, the anime to me is basically near perfect. So, obviously, I want this to be near perfect as well. And obviously, it's not going to be the same thing when it comes to live action. So, it's, it's tough, bro. But honestly, I, I still did enjoy it. Um, there were some things I was I was nitpicking at as a you know diehard One Piece fan, but other than that, I mean I can't really hate on it too much. I mean, there really wasn't too much to hate on, so I I give it that's yeah. a solid score for me. Yeah, so I mean I, I mean your score is pretty specific too. I was like, how do you pull that number out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, my overall end score I started off saying it was a nine out of ten, mm. but overall is a good eight out of ten because. Certain story, one, I don't can't remember which one, but one of the storylines, one of the flashbacks, I didn't really, I mean, one of the characters' storylines, I didn't really like as much. I felt like they could have took a little bit more time or gave a little bit more information. Um, but overall, the character developments of certain characters was great. Um, I just want to see more of it. So I'm going to give it a good 8 out of 10. But for first impressions of the first episode, a good nine out of ten. Cause it gave you a lot of information uh within the first, I guess, mm. fifteen minutes. Mm. Um, so that's what I like most about it. I mean if I think about it, the whole season it gives you a lot of information, but I think in order to speed things along speed things up along and like free to like, you know, enjoy the show, I guess they have to bombard you with a bunch of information. But yeah. It's it's nothing where you can get lost with, but like I agree with you guys, like the show 
I will definitely continue watching. Hopefully, we'll come back again for the next season of One One Piece uh, uh, by Netflix. So that's going to be it today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank all the audience for uh, listening to our episode. Uh, again, we are on most uh, podcast platforms. So look us up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify. We are also on YouTube. Search us up at the Otago Crew. And if you come on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and comment on this video too. We would love to hear your thoughts on the One Piece, Netflix, or any of our any any other of our episodes. And yeah, and also follow us on social media. All the links will be provided. I want to thank my panelists. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on today's episode and talking uh, the review of. Netflix One Piece. Is there anything you guys want to plug in before we wrap up the show? Um, you can find me, Neil, on everything at Bible Talk Pod on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, on all social media platforms on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. We everywhere at at the Bible Talk Pod. Perfect. Who wants to plug in next? Um, I might as well. Oh, sorry, go. No, you're good, bro. I was just gonna say uh, thanks for having me again. Um, if you live in uh, the Montreal area or the Greater Montreal region, uh, do follow us at the Otaku Comedy Show. We're a stand-up comedy group that uh, specializes in anime and sometimes hentai-related stuff. Um, and, oh yeah. Uh, we don't know when our next shows. We don't know when our next show is gonna be. We're still. Uh, we just got back from a uh, one really big show, which was nice. So uh, hope to uh, follow us to find out when that will be. All right, all right. You got the last. You got the last call here. Go ahead, bring it home. Word. Uh, thanks again for having me on. It this was pretty fun. Uh, I haven't talked to anybody about the One Piece live action yet, so this was literally my first impressions. So the honor is mine. Thank you. All right. Uh, so if you guys want to check out my podcast, I do it with one of my co-hosts. And it's you can find it if you go to Instagram and just write at Anime Plus Podcast. That's P L U S Podcast. We have a link tree in the bio, and you can literally find us anywhere. Like we got TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We got um, we we got like literally everything that you can think of. Lemonade. We got our own website, um, and also we're on every single streaming platform. So if you guys want to find us there, I recommend just going to Instagram, just because it's easier to find everything there. But yeah, that's it. Rest assured, guys, I will provide everyone's links in the description also. Thank you so much for joining me. It was a pleasure talking with you guys about uh, Netflix One Piece, and I hope to catch you guys next time. All right. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.